Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. Like how the Holy Spirit works. Like last week, Christina spoke, and I already kind of knew what I was supposed to talk about. But where she ended is right where I'm picking up. Loving like Jesus. And then we could obviously go home because uh, Daniel just preached it, basically. So it's, it's good confirmation, but um, we're going, I'm, I'm just in a mood. You know, I'm not in a bad mood. I'm not even really in a happy mood. I'm just in a mood, kind of like maybe Jesus felt when he was being bombarded with everything around him, and he was like, I'm just trying to be about my father's business. That's where I'm at today. That's my heart. That's my mood. That's where I'm at. So um, 1 Corinthians 13 is where we're going to start. Um, but while you're turning there, let's just talk about Super Bowl Sunday. Huh? Fly, Eagles, fly? <laughs> yeah, East Coasters, yeah. Well, even, well growing up, well, you brought it. You, you went there. Growing up, I didn't like the 49ers uh, being growing up in Ohio because they were just so dominating Joe Montana era and then they beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl so I can't like the Niners okay everybody everybody in uh, Corinthians (laughs) all right let's go on a journey before I read I just want to state that where I'm going to go I don't mean it as a place of criticism I don't mean it as a place of um Anybody's done anything wrong. Uh, not, not us, the whole church, anyone who can see me or hear me, the whole church from Alaska to Key West, Florida, all of us. We need to go on a journey where we become less like an organization, the church, and more like Jesus. And not that anybody's done, again, no one's done anything wrong. But we have to get out of that religion. We have to get into relationship. And I'm going to take you on a journey. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, uh, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but not have love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and not have love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. It does not parade itself, it's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, that's one right there, preach on that for an hour, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, let them fall, where there are tongues, they will cease, Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away, for we know in part, we prophesy in part, but but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Bears all things. Man, there's that one, and um, suffers long. Another word for suffer, I read it in another translation, was patience. Um, Love is patient. And I think... If we need to have an authentic love like Jesus, whenever we encounter people, we need to not get in such a hurry. And what I mean about what we need to stop being like the church is, and this includes me, um, <coughs> excuse me, is being in a position where we think we need to fix people. You know, 
Um, if anything, we've learned from the connection codes is to relate with someone, to be there, be in the moment with someone. And even before that, since probably maybe three years, right around the, the pandemic, I was just in this place where I didn't think anybody was doing anything wrong, like I'm saying right now. Um, we come in here and, and we sing and we spend time together and we hear a good word and there's nothing wrong with it. But what if there's more? What if there's more? What if Jesus, what if, what if we all become less like a program and get more like Jesus and then when we get together, we shift the community? Yeah. Come on, All right. Become more like Jesus and less like the church. Um, yeah, that's a statement. I've learned that if we want to do anything for Jesus and make any difference in the lives of other people by representing him, we have to get out of, our, get out of his way with, with our agenda on how his kingdom should be represented. His kingdom come, not my idea of what his kingdom is. A full revelation of who he is and the power he wants to bring into someone's life. <clears throat> um, just on my own journey, um, the last few years, um, I've learned to engage with him and also allow him to engage with me. Yeah, prayer life, but different than I've ever known. I've just been on this journey, and I, I hope I can articulate it for you. Um, the church at times can be full of rules and traditions that doesn't apply to being authentic. We get our programs. We get, we get people who get full of church and memorize a bunch of scripture, but they don't really know Jesus. When someone's hurting, they want to fix them with the scripture instead of just sitting with them and being Jesus in the moment. And again, we have done nothing wrong. We just, in a new era, after this pandemic, think about it, hear me prophetically, that when the world got shut down and people got isolated, I am not an introvert. It drove me crazy. It broke my heart. It hurt me to have to sit at home and not in a, engage with anybody. Imagine that around the world, people who maybe don't even know Jesus, who have this idea, though, of a church that unless you do this right or do that right, then you don't really belong there. I, that's when my journey in this began in the pandemic. Is like I was so lonely for people. Yeah, I had my wife and she was there, but it, it's different. I'm, I love this, being around people, whether it's at work or at church or a friend's house. I enjoy people. I'm an, I'm an extrovert. So I began to just feel this, this hurt. And Jesus was saying, you know, that's how I feel when my people are full of programs and not me. We need to be willing also to, to be like Jesus also might look like bearing one another's burdens. We all get excited about scriptures about prosperity and the scriptures about um, the history like, you know, the ark and all that stuff. We all get excited about that. But when it comes to bearing one another's burdens, we don't want to get involved because we might have to get messy with someone. And we're all guilty of it. Guilty as charged. Walk away. Now maybe I didn't really hear that. But Jesus wants to be a part of us so deeply that we have to not try and fix them with laying hands on and praying. There's a time and there's a place for praying for people. But first, let's make connection. That's what Jesus wants us. He wants connection with us. More than anything, he wants connection. 
That's why, that's the whole purpose of the cross, to be connected to his creation because of the fall. He just wants to be loved, and he wants to be in our lives, and he wants relationship. Ah, oh, this is none of my notes. Help me, Jesus. Um, yeah. Um, you know, that, it just bothers me um, sometimes when good-meaning, good-hearted, good-willed Christians are full of an atmosphere of church being churchy, churchianity instead of Christianity. Churchianity says, I'm, I'm going to memorize a bunch of scripture, and I'll be able to quote to you a bunch of scripture, and then I'm going to get in a prayer closet, and then I'm com coming out of that prayer closet, and then I'm going to um, talk about all your sin. Like we don't have any, like, you know, like that person doesn't have any of their own is what I'm saying. We all have sin. We all fall short of the glory of God, all of us. So instead of pointing out each other's wrongs with religion, why can't we just be more like Jesus and just sit with people when they're hurting and give them hope? This world out here doesn't care how much scripture we have memorized. The homeless people all over Sonoma County couldn't care less that you can quote the book of Matthew without reading it. They couldn't care less. They want to see Jesus. They need Jesus. They need hope. They need, they need the kingdom of God to come to the earth. Not a bunch of programs about... Is this all right? Am I doing okay, Pam? Pam, my mom, all right? <laughs> she said earlier, don't be reading my mail today. I said, I said okay, I'm going to check in with you in a little bit. <sighs> Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be signs of God, sons of God. Um, yeah, and signs, that's right. You know, we, I'm practicing what I'm, I've practiced and am practicing what I'm preaching. Because over the last 20 years, I can recall two incidences where I was hurt deeply by church leadership. And in all reality, had every right with forgiveness on my end to walk away. But I went into meetings with both of these um, individuals and I was angry and I wanted to truth can I just can we just be real I wanted to handle it like Doug would have handled it before he met Jesus I was a mean person I was a violent person I would have rather punched you in the face than heard your side of the story I had a group of friends but I just was always looking for a fight I was just always looking for who I who I can take my unhappiness out on honestly I was ready to blow down any time. And um, that's how I wanted to handle both situations. But Jesus met me at the door going into both meetings and said, do you want to handle it like Doug or do you want to handle it like me? And I said, I would like to handle it like you, but I'm not really in the mood to talk about it. I'm just, these are, <laughs> these are real conversations I had with the Father. Of course I want to handle it like you. I'm born again, but I don't want to. I want to go in there and use the, the, the we, we, all, we, all get, we all get happy and excited when we talk about Jesus flipping the tables because we think in, in the synagogue, because we think it gives us permission to act like ourselves. 
It doesn't. But he met me at the door. One meeting I went into, Finch, uh, fist was clenched. I was ready. Sincerely ready. I'm not proud of it. I'm just being real. I'm being authentic. I mess up. I make mistakes. I can be a jerk sometimes. <clears throat> but I let him come in in front of me in both, in both situations. The air was cleared. Everything was taken care of. And I'm friends with both of these people today. Where I had every reason, every right to walk away. But I wanted to handle it like Jesus. Because if I th- when, I, when I think about when I get over my, when I get over myself and I realize what he's done for me and what he's forgiven me for, I just was honest about my attitude a minute ago. Imagine being that way for 20 years. And then you hear the, see, in this organization of the church, I didn't want anything to do with it because, you know, I had family members. You know, all they did was tell me how wrong I was with religion. Community members, you know, that I knew that were Christians. And, you know, I was a teenager, and my mom invited me, I think it was Christmas or Easter, and she said, do you want to go to church with me? My mom is a, um, is a Christian, has been most of my life. <clears throat> and uh, she said, do you want to go to church with me? And I said, no, I'm not interested in being a hypocrite. I do enough of that on my own. So I was, you know, I didn't get saved at church. I got saved at the kitchen table by an uncle who said yes, who let me live with him, then go to culinary school. And, you know, I thought that was my, you know, my purpose to, you know, be the next Gordon Ramsay. Still sounds good. But anyway, I mean, I thought, I mean, that's what, that was the path I was on, my dreams. So, um, you know, I didn't get saved in the church. I got saved at the kitchen table because I didn't want anything to do with us. Because all we did was hurt me. And now I'm, I find myself the last 30 years being around people that hurt people unintentionally with, with their knowledge of, of Scripture and the spirit of religion. It's so, it's the same spirit that killed Jesus. Why do we want anything to do with it? The same exact spirit that killed Jesus. Why do we even entertain it? Why do we want anything to do with it? Why do we, why do we want to think we're so self-righteous and tell others how wrong they are when all they need is an encounter with the Jesus that we so-called say we represent? We need to sit. We need to sit with people like Jesus did and don't be so quick to try and fix them. We need to, it's an invitation I feel today from Jesus personally. I know God, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, but I believe that this is a personal invitation today from Jesus to be more like him, to be more like him to a hurting world, to be more like him to, to the outcasts, to the people who have been hurt by us, the church. I know a lot of, I've, you know, I work with autistic adults, and I've been doing that for 20 years. And um, I've worked for the same company as long as I've been out here in California. And I've had encounter after encounter with um, people who were hurt by us. I started doing this because the church told me this or did this. Three people, four, five people that don't even know one another. It's a revolving door. You know, there's a lot of turnover. So it's not like they all got together over lunch and said, yeah, yeah, that happened to me too. They don't even know each other. But they all told me the same thing. I was hurt by the church because of my beliefs. I was hurt by the church because of 
this particular lifestyle. I was hurt by the church because whatever. The point is we hurt them. And we need to do better, myself included. This is something I've walked through to, to, to bring it. It's not easy. It, it, it requires an adjustment. It, 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 desire, it, it required me to, like I started out, to get over myself on my opinion on how I thought he should be represented. If we want to be honest, if we want to be like Jesus, we need to, we need to shift the mindset. <sighs> you all right? Happy? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and also to be authentic and be full of the love of God, the love of Jesus. Um, I mentioned the last time I spoke that when my wife Janet was going through cancer that I invited him in. And I shared that journey. And uh, <clears throat> for those who don't know, um, her mom, my wife Janet's mother, uh, battled cancer for a couple years and finally at the age of 90, uh, two days after Christmas, decided that she was ready to go home and be with Jesus. But the, 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 the two weeks, two to three weeks prior to that, um, I've battled depression. So I know what it feels like, at least for me. But for, for two weeks or so, two or three weeks before she passed, for a couple of days, I just felt like this huge sadness, but I didn't feel like it was mine, you know, because I, like I said, I've battled depression. I, I know what it feels like. And I just finally got, a, got over myself and got alone with God, and I said, what is it? What's the matter? What's, what's going on? Why do, I, why do I feel like this? And he said, you invited me in when Janet was going through her cancer. And... To all of you, she's 90 years old, and she's full of cancer, and she's fought a good fight. But to me, she's just, she's still my child. And it bothers me, and it pains me to see her go through this. Would you like to sit with me? And for three weeks, I didn't go to work. I just, Janet and her sister were staying with her mom, and her mom was comfortable with medication and in and out. And we talked a lot. And um, <laughs> and her goal, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I really shouldn't say that. But her birthday was in, all, in October, and we had burgers, and we took them to her house for her 90th birthday. So we began to talk about my birthday, which was December 27th, two days after Christmas. And earlier in early December, she's like, well, what are we going to do for your birthday? And I said, well, if you're still here, we'll go get burgers, and we'll bring them up, and we'll eat them like we did with you. And she said, oh, that sounds good. She loved Acme Burger. <clears throat> and, um, but I told her in that conversation, if you're not here, it's okay. You know, it's, it really is. We had a, her and I had a, a good, a lot of heart-to-hearts about dying around the holidays and my birthday, which is December 27th. So for me to be authentic and walk like Jesus, um, I would go to her mom's apartment every day and... Um, I'd, I would go to the store for Janet and her sister if they needed something. A lot of times I just sat there for a couple hours. I didn't practice in what you preach. I just sat with them. I just sat there and watched them deal with this tragic situation of their mother passing. 
Sorry, Janet. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't once feel inclined to grab them by their hands and pray with them. And not once. Jesus just said, will you go sit with them? Will you just go be with them? And my desire, because I've been on the prayer team um, for years. My desire was to pray for them and bring them comfort and, you know, put on some worship music, which, which they were doing for their own peace of mind. And, uh, but I just felt like God was just saying, no, just go sit there. Just go be with them. And I would, I would leave and I would come back and I would leave and I would come back. I made Christmas dinner. I went up Christmas morning, woke up Christmas and went over there and spent some time with them, then went and made the whole Christmas dinner. I'm not saying this for applause. I was being, I was walking through the desert and trying to be like Jesus, like I'm saying. And did I want to do it? No. That's a lot of work. That's lonely Christmas to be at home cooking by yourself all day. That was lonely. There was tears, carving ham with tears. But I took it to them to give them a Christmas dinner. And my son came over, and we had a Christmas dinner, and then, you know, the night went on, and, you know, and even the night she passed was, it was my birthday. Um, um, and I really am okay with it. Um, we had, like I said, we had good conversations about it. But my point is, through it all, I was doing my best to plow through and just be Jesus for people. And... Um, <laughs> the day before my birthday, Nathaniel called me or texted me, invited me over. And we, the hospice nurse, on, was, I think it was Christmas or the day after Christmas, she's, you know, she, told her, she told myself and my wife and her sister, you know, she's holding on for something. She's holding on for something. You know, because you know, honestly, not to give too many details, she really shouldn't be alive. Um, so Janet went in and had a talk with her. I went in and talked to her again about my birthday and, uh, said, it's okay. You can go, you know, it's not going to bother me. We talked about it. And, um, uh, so the night of my birthday, she passed and I went over, I, I went to the store for them and I was going home and I was going to make myself a, a steak dinner for my birthday. And I was just getting started and Janet started calling me, oh my God, oh my God, you know, with obvious reactions to what she was seeing. And um, so I turned the stove off, and I. then she called me back, and she said, yeah, she's passed. So I went over there, <coughs> and her sister, um, who lives in San Jose, been such a trooper, um, she asked if she was just exhausted. They both were, you know, because it was early enough in the evening. She's like, do you guys care if I just go home? you know, back to San Jose, and we were like, no, of course not, get out of here, you, there's nothing else you can do, um, so she left, and then Janet was getting herself something to eat, and I, the funeral home was on the way, and then Janet was like, I can't be here, <laughs> obviously, when they come and get her, sorry if this is graphic, but I really feel like I'm supposed to share it, believe me, I'm not having fun with this, um, so Janet went across the hall to the neighbor that's been helping out, wonderful lady named Patty. So I'm sitting there in the recliner that she always sat in, and the funeral home people, they come, and they tell us what they're going to do, and then they, and they, uh, 
they go in and they shut the bedroom door and they get her all fixed up and they bring her out and you know and they take her away and there I am once again with no one to comfort me but Jesus and it's my birthday and she leaves the apartment and I say you know bye Thumba and the Holy Spirit said thank you for being Jesus in this terribly difficult moment. I didn't feel good about it, you know, but being like Jesus sometimes looks like um, someone else's heart. We get excited with certain scriptures about crossing, you know, given it shall be given, pressed down and shaken together. You know, we all get excited about those declarations, and we should. But the one that says bear one another's burdens, we don't talk about that one very much. We don't. We need to get over ourselves. We need to get over ourselves and be more like Jesus to a hurting and crying and lost world that's trying to still fight its way through pandemic and balloons over the country and, you know, mayhem on the news. They're watching that and they're not, you know, the hurting world. They watch that stuff and then they hear, Christians talk about other people's sin, self-righteous, and why would they want anything? I, I didn't want anything to do with it. Why would they? And then God's tricky because he called me to do this kind of stuff because he knows I probably wouldn't have came to church. But he called me to, to be a voice when I more than likely had not this call on my life. I probably wouldn't have come to church. I would have had that fire insurance we all talk about. You know, Really? I wouldn't have came. I had no desire because I remember my uncle after, I was like, so now what do I do? He's like, well, we got to find you a church. It doesn't necessarily have to be the one I go to. And he, you know, we were in Columbus, Ohio, and he knew several, and he took me, and, you know, whatever fits in for you. It doesn't have to be where I go, but you're welcome to. And, uh, but I, even then I was like, I got to go to church. They're mean. I mean, honestly. Seriously. I mean, am I being honest? Uh, we've, has anyone here been hurt by anybody in the church? All right. Most of us. So I think the invitation today from Jesus is, who wants to be more like me? Who wants to get uncomfortable in their prayer time? Who wants to get uncomfortable? I know I'm supposed to be one of those people and I'm, like I said, I've been working with um, autistic adults for over 20 years. And one of the things that we instill in them is boundaries, right? We got to teach them boundaries. You know, I have, you know, I've worked with people that just, you know, would go up and just hug, hug kids at the park because they love kids, you know. So we have to teach them boundaries. So God's peeling that layer off of me. But I know that eventually I'm going to be one of those folks that walks by the grocery store and says, hey, you know, the time and the place to pray for someone. Hey, you know, I know she have a cane. You know, can I pray for you? Like, you know, like, like anybody heard of Todd White like he does? Um, I know eventually that's where I'm going to go. But first, before I can go into a public place and make a radical change, I better know who I'm, who I'm bringing to the table. I better have a relationship with Jesus and not a relationship with an institution. 
There's nothing wrong with coming to church. There's nothing wrong with what we do, but we just have to get better at what we're doing. We have to be Jesus. There's people hurting out there. So, <clears throat> is this helping or hurting anyone? Hopefully it's helping. You know, uh, like Elijah said, we sat around in their living room and he was assigning people, you know, authentic, you know. And I didn't, this one didn't cross my, my, my train of thought. And because um, I forget what I wanted to speak on. He was giving us a list of themes for a certain amount of time. And then they, they said this one. But, you know, I'm going to be authentic in who I am. My, one of the, the, the main call that I have is the, evangel- the, the evangelical part um, to go. I, you know, I've been in, I go different places. When I go home to visit, I'm invited to places to preach. And I, and I believe that one of the main things God's called me to do is be that prophetic voice of what he wants to do on the earth. Um, that's really, if I'm going to be authentic you know, with who I am and, and using a microphone, I believe that that's what I'm supposed to do on the earth is to be a prophetic voice with what he wants to do on the earth. I'm not calling myself a prophet. I'm just saying that it's what I do. And I hope, I hope that it helps. I hope that um, there's no condemnation today because it's not a goal. never is. I just want us all to realize we need to get better. Uh, we all do, myself included. I'm not there yet. I'm, I haven't made it to heaven yet. I need to get better. So if you want to be less like the church and more like Jesus, stand up and I would like to pray for you. Everybody should be standing. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. For me, I'm just going to share my experience in the mic. I hope it's easier and better for you. But it got uncomfortable. It got a little bit painful. I went through some stuff where I had no choice but to practice what I'm preaching and bring him to the table and not what I've been taught. So, so Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that there's a world out there that still needs to hear about your son. And we need to do a better job of representing him. So, Father, first of all, corporately, I just, I just feel like we repent, Lord. We repent and we turn our face towards you to, to do better. And for those who are standing, Lord, they, they want to be more like your son. They want to be more like Jesus. So, Jesus, I pray that you would take them on that journey that you would take them on that journey and, and do like you did to me. Uh, extract the things that's not really that important to you. To extract the things that really won't make a difference in someone's life, but it might be good for the, the person themselves. You know, like, like I said earlier, the memorization of Scripture. That's an amazing skill that I don't have. I think it's great, but it shouldn't be a goal. So, Father, I just ask that you would give them grace as they learn to be more like Jesus. And, Jesus, I ask that you would encounter them just like you have me. And in the uncomfortable situations, I pray that you would show them a sign that it is you that's walking them through this.
And Father, I just pray that you would make us better. Make us authentic as we can possibly be in our human bodies to represent your kingdom on the earth. Starting from this day forward, train us, use us to make a change in the community, to make a change in the world, to show the love of the Father. That John 3.16 would be our anthem. John 3.16 would be the tattoo on our heart. That we would show the world Jesus. And all the church said, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.